Hey there, green future growers. Thanks for joining us today. If you're new to the show, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes or your favorite Android app. And let's get growing. Um, Because I think you're going to be surprised. Like, I mean, I'm not even sure we're going to um, find someone this summer or that, it, mm-hmm. you know, because like we would have like a camping situation in Montana. Mm-hmm. Um but at the same time like so my listeners are pretty big gardeners most of them are master gardeners people who have been gardening for a long time have at least a backyard or bigger area mm-hmm. uh, i do have a lot of new listeners because i was on the melissa norris pioneering today show um and also i just think there's just a huge surge in gardening this spring but, mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been seeing that too. I have a feeling a lot of my listeners might be thinking about having somebody, um, you know, come help or learn or want to teach, but they're a little nervous about it. Like I'm the kind of person that goes through the terms and conditions, mm-hmm. like with a fine tooth comb, or not with a fine tooth comb with every single thing, but I definitely open them a lot more than I think the average person. And so I was like, oh, this would make an interesting blog post. And then I, and then I was so excited that you called me. Like, I think people are going to be like excited just to hear, wow, there's an actual phone call. There's an actual human that interviews people who want to sign up to be um, woofers. Yes. Well, we, we interview all the new hosts. And that is because as the host, you're going to be the one uh, accepting woofers into your homes and your lives. And while we have like a huge spectrum of different types of hosts in our program, we just want to make sure that our minimum hosting criteria are going to be met. So we just like to go through your new listing, point out areas that we think could use a little bit more explanation if necessary. Also to confirm that you understand what our hosting criteria are and that you have a plan to meet them. And then it, like you said, this is a really great opportunity to give some pointers and tips and best practices that we know that we've learned from hosts over several years of hosting and we like to pass it on to new hosts um, from the get-go rather than, you know, having to learn as you go. Um, There's some really um, you know, easy things to do that will just make the woofing experience great for both the visitor and for you as the host. If you just take a few of these um, suggestions and best practices um, into your plan and woofing program, so that's sort of the goal of this call: is to yeah, go through your new listing and then also just answer any questions that you have, but also to um, make sure you're aware of what our um, standards are so that um, you can make sure that you're a good fit for the program. Love it. This is so perfect. Uh, okay, so do you, I guess you start by asking me questions, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, my first question for you is just how you first learned about Woof and what made you want to sign up to be a host? So I, I mean, I probably heard about it before, but I, since I started the Green Organic Garden podcast, so if this goes out as a typical interview, this would be number 319. So I've talked to over 318, you know, backyard gardeners, market farmers, um, nutritionists, like agriculture experts, like people who have done this. And a lot of the people that I've talked to that are farm managers that are running somebody's farm that sells food at a farmer's market or CSA, or they own their own farm, maybe like Mandy Girth down in, um, uh, at Lower Valley Farm in Montana, like a lot of people have said the best advice they can give is to go be a woofer. One of the greatest interviews I did was with this couple, Jeremy and Nikki, who like, I had no idea that people, now this is through the International Mm -hmm. Woofing Association, but they went down to South America and signed on where they would do like two days here and two weeks there and traveled all around the mountains of South America. And not only that, they're the experience level is exponential because they got to visit and hop from all these different farms. So they weren't at one single farm the whole year, but just mm-hmm. like overwhelmingly. And like I interviewed, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on her first name, but Polajuk 
who's going around now teaching people she had her own farm and now she goes around and teaching people about how to like work with interns and just like so many people on my show have said go if you might think this is the right business model for you and you're gonna love but you know there's the business part of it or there's the you know growing massive production part of it like there's so many parts of if you're gonna go try to like start a farming business you know but then again a lot of my listeners are big gardeners and then Mm -hmm. also so i'm an elementary school teacher um so now i'm teaching from home online this year i'm teaching third grade and then my husband has like what i call the mini farm and um we just feel like in this year at this time of covid like the more he can grow in that space then he can grow by himself just there's going to be more food this fall because there could be fall food shortages mm-hmm. yeah that well that's... did i go a little overboard there? no not at all i mean that's what's so great about the wolf program is everything you kind of shared is that it's both a tool for people that want to either be gardeners or farmers themselves one day to go get that hands-on experience and like you said they can try out a bunch of different farms and setups and that's one of the beauty that's the, the beauty of the educational tool that Woof offers is that you can go check out different setups and learn from people who've been doing this for years and years or who are just starting out and you can go get experience with that experience as well. So that's what's great on the woofing side and on the hosting side, the same thing is you're not always able to leave and travel if you are a farmer or a gardener and you need to tend to your animals or crops, but you can invite people from all around the world to come and learn and participate with you. And they could be coming with their own experience or tips and tricks um, to share with you. So it's definitely a learning experience both ways, whether you are the woofer visiting other farms or the host accepting people onto your farm. And, you know, you're in Montana, so you probably have some cold winters. We have lots of hosts that are in, you know, colder climates as well that go and woof themselves during the winter somewhere warmer, um, whether that's out of the country or just in another part of um, the United States. And then they go back to host during their own growing season. So that's also an option to both hosts um, and woofers, you know, for whoever wants to have those experiences. Yeah. Well, I have talked to several who have gone to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. That's in our network. Yeah. What an amazing way to go to Hawaii. And then I've had people talk about like, you know, they went to Hawaii and stayed in a tent and then they also went to Hawaii and stayed in like a more formal living space. And I was like, stayed in a tent. And close. The one thing was, I think it was funny was they weren't that close to the beach. So they really like only like when they could like hitchhike down to the beach they only got to go to the beach like once every week or two weeks or something um but then they said it almost made it more special and they could see the beach from the farm like there's just been like so many amazing stories from my listeners who have done this yeah so that's part of what this call is about is providing tips for you for how to best set those expectations for people visiting your profile and then for the woofers that you eventually end up inviting to your farm. So what we want to make sure happens is that woofers not only get to read about what they can learn and experience while visiting you from your profile, but then even going the extra step to having some type of application or interview process in place so that you are directly communicating with someone to fully explain what will be happening for the dates that they're interested in to make sure that they are not coming with a different set of expectations than what you're going to be providing for them. So like you were saying, like if someone thinks they're going to go woofing in Hawaii and think that they're going to get to go to the beach every day after their half day of contribution, that's definitely the case for some of the hosts in Hawaii, but probably not all of them. So asking those questions, and this is advice that we give to our woofers as well, that they should definitely feel free to ask questions of their hosts about what they'll be doing, how they can get around, um, what there is to do on their time off. But that's all really helpful information for you as a host to include in your profile so that when woofers find your listing in our directory, they'll be able to read that right away and decide um, before even contacting you, oh, this sounds like a place for me or, oh, this maybe isn't the best fit for what I'm looking for. I'm going to you know, save this for later or move on to a different host. So that's part of what we like to do in this call. And I see that you have just a few more required fields that need to get filled out on your profile, which I'll point out to you. But um, I guess that was 
my question to about one of our hosting criteria, which is that as a host, you are expected to provide lodging and food or meals for the whole time that a woofer plans to stay with you. So I just want, I heard, or sorry, I read on your profile that um, you, you have a space for a camper hookup or that uh, woofers will be bringing or camping and then sharing your kitchen and bathroom facilities. Is that sound accurate? Yeah. And that's something that we would have to maybe work on. And like in an ideal world, we would find a camper for somebody because it definitely is cold mm -hmm. at night or it would have to be somebody maybe like they could build like some kind of like wood stove tarp type of situation. But yeah, they would be, you know, sharing our kitchen. Um, I think in bathroom. Yeah. Cause we just have the one at our house. Okay. And that's, that's great. And the fact that I was able to learn that from your profile is exactly what we're looking for is that we, you know, there's all different types of lodging situations. Like you said about your friend in Hawaii, um, it can range from tent camping to woofers bringing their own vans or campers all the way to either an extra bedroom in a house or the, you know, a camper already on the property or some places have cabins or lofts. So all of that is okay. We just ask that it's clearly explained on the profile so that you're only inviting someone who's comfortable, say, with camping in, you know, the shoulder seasons or in temperatures that could get, um, you know, a little extreme. So that's just what we're encouraging is lots of communication about what's what they can expect when staying on your farm. So that's great. And for food, did you have a plan for how you're either going to share meals or provide ingredients and in food preparation areas for your woofers? So, you know what? It's funny that you said that about an application or a um like like a questionnaire or something because I mm -hmm. was thinking like our situation would be like I would have to it would have to be a very specific person that was going to get along well, but then I also feel like it would be only one person or like a family, like a small family or something, mm -hmm. you know, I'm a teacher. So like, but I think it would definitely like, I know it said like, are you like, how many people would you take at a time? And I just put one because mm -hmm. I was thinking either like one person or one family. And I think my husband would probably want somebody that was going to stay for the season. Like we're not, we're not interested in like people different people coming during the week like we're looking for somebody who wants to commit to a season but that being you know maybe somebody has a camper i mean we have 20 acres there is a cabin on the other part of our property but it is a really nice 20 acre you know there's lots of camping sites if mm -hmm. they had something more than a tent that would be fine um there's places where they could camp like close to a spigot and then maybe they might want to have their own you know, I, I don't, I think it would take the right person, but also like, so I wrote down that, you know, Mike eats meat and I'm a vegetarian or a pescatarian. Um, I could certainly cook vegan, but then I also thought like, I would have to point out like Mike eats meat, but we probably don't eat meat every day or he probably only eats meat like once a week. So like things like that, or also like I was thinking the other day, um, there's definitely like some onion and garlic situations that it would have to like be talked about and like, how would that work? And like, would they use our kitchen or would I just cook for everybody? Like that might be easier. I mean, Mike bakes a ton of bread. Like, I just feel like if we find the right person, it's all going to work out, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, like, but the cooking thing, you know, like we would have to, I don't know. I, I would think like, you know, they could use part of the refrigerator. They could keep stuff they wanted. If they wanted to eat what I'm cooking, you know, like, I don't know. I feel like Mike and I always have tons of extra food. Like there's never any food that goes, we have food that could go to waste that I usually end up eating more of than I should. And just, I don't think it would be hard to feed a person. Okay. Yeah. And I would say that maybe, um, to just so that you can, again, um, share those expectations with woofers ahead of time so that they kind of know what they're, um, you know, what will be there when they get there. Um, you can share that, like you, they can either share meals with your family or there's going to be space and ingredients for them to cook their own. And it can be discussed with the individual person ahead of time. So that could be something that you include in your profile by way of, um, you know, setting expectations. Um, or it's something that you could definitely, talk with an individual person about their preference, you know, like 
do you like cooking? Do you want to cook all together? Or would you rather like eat your own meals? Or I can share that a lot of hosts just do a combination. Usually um, what I hear a lot of is hosts will share one large meal a day, like the midday or the dinner meal. And then the other meals are on a woofer's own to prepare for themselves. Um, and, but that's sometimes when they have their own cooking space. So it's really whatever works for you and your family, um, is totally fine. We just encourage you to think about that through. And if you can include it in your profile again, so that you're going to attract inquiries from people that are um, interested in that setup. Perfect. What's next? <laughs> Great. Okay. So the, so the providing lodging meals is, um, one of our requirements. The other is that you are using and sharing, um, organic farming methods. So I saw that you said your husband is the gardener, but I just wanted to ask what a woofer could expect to learn in terms of sustainable growing methods while visiting your farm. So, you know, we're not certified organic and like we were debating even the other day, like he got some manure that was from some, I don't know, sheep or horse or somebody that like was not fed specifically organic hay. So did that count as organic manure? So, you know, we're going to get the localist best that we can. We certainly don't spray any chemicals. He's really getting into the no-till this year with the, you know, putting the tarps down and stuff. Like, um, you know, we work on rotating um, different soil amendments, like either growing a green cover crop or putting compost that we have here. Or I always say our chickens are for the manure. The eggs are just the bonus cherry on top. Like we always, we did have like a grizzly bear come in and wipe out our chicken herd last fall. So we only have one chicken right now, but that'll be building back up. So like learning how to do those rotations. I mean, Mike's been gardening for 40 years almost. We've been married 27 years. We started out with we didn't even have running water and we have, you know, 14 fruit trees. So they would learn, um, you know, how to do things like, you know, how to take care of fruit trees, keep them healthy, you know, how to help Mike grow vegetables. You know, there's like, we wrote a book last year called the organic oasis guidebook. So it's kind of like, cause I consider like an oasis is like somewhere that's got like really nice places to sit and hang out. Like I'm the organic eater. Like we have lots of herbs they could learn about growing, things like that I mean I just think there's tons of information to learn and like I've like I've known people that have worked for Mike for years when I we first got married he was like um ran a Christmas tree farm we have lots of Christmas trees because we're in the forest and like I've never met or people that have fired with him like I've never met people that haven't thought he was a great boss he has so much information to share and just I think they would learn a ton about um I don't know. I call it earth-friendly techniques. I mean, I think it's, we try to be as organic as we are, but again, like we're not certified organic. That's all. I mean, we don't actually go to market anyway. I mean, we've mm -hmm. found places that have taken some bits of produce here and there, but like, we just don't have that much extra produce. I'm hoping this year, if he had a helper, I don't know if they'd still be enough to go to market. Like I look at people who go to market. I'm like, how do they do that? I still can't even figure out how we would even have enough water to grow that much food. But if we grow a lot to donate, or if we have friends and family that are going to be hungry, you know, or the schools, like the school, our school this morning, the guy said they handed out food bags in Eureka and he was, they were all gone by nine o'clock. And he said he was really surprised that it was a lot of seniors that were coming to get food. And so it makes me wonder, do we already have seniors in our community that are, you know, I was going to talk to the minister today about the soup kitchen, but I just don't think it's going to get better by fall. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, but it just, you know, we really want to try to grow as much as we can grow on this space this year that we have here. Cause Mike can't do it all by himself. Yeah, no, that sounds really great. And, um, you know, the, certified isn't a requirement because like you said, not all of our hosts are even market farmers or businesses. A lot of them are home styles or gardeners, you know, doing this as a lifestyle. So that's not what we're looking for. Just that, that woofers who will be participating are learning those natural techniques that don't rely on chemicals or synthetic fertilizers. So that's great. Um, and then along the teaching side, um, it sounds like 
Mike has a wealth of experience to share. Um, we just like to point out that woofers that join our program often use this as a way to get that first exposure to this lifestyle and to organic farming. So we just want to point out that a lot of woofers coming might not have ever gardened or farmed or set foot on a farm before. So we just want to make sure that that is an interest of your and your husband's um, and that you are prepared to teach and instruct and especially supervise just to make sure things are getting done the way you want them done. Um, so just to, it sounds like that's the case based on everything you just shared and from your profile, but I also just like to point that out. Well, um, you know, I just got off the phone with this woman who wrote a book, um, what's it called? Like the little gardener. And it's about working in the garden with little kids. And she, like her final piece of wisdom was, um, have a little grace. And like, if your little kids go out there and you're going to plant lettuce and you run up to the house to grab your scissors and you come back and the little kid is spattered the seeds everywhere that like, don't, you know, don't get upset. Just see what lettuce does grow and just like realize that they're new and, try to, you know, have grace on yourself and grace on the people you're working with. And I think at this time, at, at, in this time of life, we all have to like give ourselves more grace and give the people we're working with grace. And I think um, Mike's certainly going to make sure it's done the way he wants. <laughs> and I have heard, like I did an interview with G. Martin Fortier up in Canada who wrote the market gardener and he talked about the different challenges with working with interns and, you know, making sure that your contracts are right. And then there's another woman down here um, just South of me in whitefish who has always had interns and I've gotten some tips from her. And I definitely think there's going to be a learning curve for both us and also, you know, a learning curve for the people. But I think if we can just find the right people, the right person, whoever, I think it'll be a good fit and just hopefully we can figure that out before somebody gets here. But if they, you know, I always say I've had so many different jobs and I always say, or even like with my interview, the per interview happens when just the right listeners in the audience. And sometimes like maybe somebody would come and two weeks later, they'd be like, Oh my gosh, this is so not for me. But if we, if we hadn't had that two weeks and then the person who comes next is the most perfect person ever. Like sometimes you just, it's like that timing thing. Like you just have to put it out into the universe and, and know that the right person is coming at the right time. Yes. But also what you were saying about getting as much of the getting to know one another, like ahead of time, like that's something I do really want to stress having, you know, I, well, I was going to go into this anyways, but, um, what will happen once your profile goes live? And like I said, there's a few missing components um, to your current profile, which I'm, I'll point out to you um, that just need to be completed. And I can even help you with it over the phone right now if you'd like. But once it goes live, you'll be able to get receive messages from woofers. And at that point is when we really encourage you to have some kind of application or interview process in place, whether that be sending them a questionnaire to fill out or scheduling a phone call similar to this, where you can just ask them a little bit about what they're looking to get out of the experience and to share more about what you are looking for from them and to make sure that that's a good fit. And it's because it's like you were saying, um, you really want to make sure that um, you, not only will you get along personality wise, but that you're clearly explaining what your expectations are of each other and to confirm that um, that's likely to be a good fit. Because we just know from years of experience that the few times where maybe, like you said, someone decides after two weeks it wasn't a great fit, that a lot of those could have been avoided if they had had these honest conversations like prior to them even arriving. Because the other thing you don't want to happen is for someone to travel a long way to get to you to then not feel comfortable or that it's something that they weren't expecting um, and want to leave early. Because that isn't the best for you or for them. But we also know that all most of those situations can be avoided with these conversations. And in the event that it ever is not working out, of course, either you or the woofer can always ask for the visit to end early. That's always your right as a host, but most hosts don't want to do that. And it usually isn't necessary. Um, if you've taken these few extra, you know, steps to get to know one another ahead of time. 
So that is something we highly recommend and we actually have host forums in once your profile is approved that you'll have access to where other hosts have shared their methods for getting to know a woofer ahead of time and like what questions specifically they ask. Um, so that's a good place to check and get advice from other hosts that have been doing this a long time. Um, or I have compiled as well some sample questionnaires that hosts have shared with us that I'm happy to pass along when I send you a follow-up email if that would be helpful to you. Can I put, like, do people have to be part of what, like, could I put the links to those in the show notes even for people? This is like, I know my listeners are going to think that this is gold. <laughs> and that they're learning and they're either wanting to be a woofer going someplace mm -hmm. and you're answering a ton of their questions that they had about it or Great. maybe they never thought of hosting somebody but now they're like hmm maybe this would work for me and you like there are situations where people are local and they don't have to provide a place for somebody to be right and you can just yes. be sharing food and then they, mm -hmm. they're called like day workers or something what did it go what was it yeah, so we have, um, so for woofers that either come for one day or woofers that stay long term, the general expectation is that a woofer contributes for half a day for each day that they're there. So we know that that means different things depending on the farm. So we have put a range of four to six hours on what half a day means. But really that means over the course, if they are staying longer, that over the course of a week that they're contributing half a day for five to six days a week. So, um, you know, hopefully in the 25 to 35 hour range, um, it, that should not be anything more than that should not be expected. Although some hosts tell us that there are woofers out there that just want to keep helping because they see their hosts are still going and, you know, that's just what they want to do with their time. Um, so as long as that's not expected, um, you know, that's the range that woofers should be contributing. So it's definitely possible for a host that, say, doesn't have a lodging setup to invite people who are already in their area who can commute to come and help out for an afternoon um, for, you know, half a day and then either stay for lunch or take some produce home with them, however you want to, you know, provide them with some hospitality while they help you out and we've heard from a lot of hosts that setting up a recurring visit from someone in the area is a really great place to build a connection great way sorry to build a connection with a woofer and it's also great for the woofers that are in um, who might not have time to go woof for weeks on end to at least have a regular connection to a local farm and really learn that way so that's definitely an option for a host who can host long-term woofers or not, or just a host that doesn't have a way to provide lodging, but still really wants to participate in the program and host people in their local area. So we call them one day or local hosts. So do you get people that live like in cities and just have like backyard gardens? We do at, that are hosts or that are yeah. woofers. That are hosts. We do. Those are, we don't have as many, um, but there are definitely some. Yeah, we have, and we also have hosts that are urban farms, um, you know, where they have like a larger area and then their lodging could be with different volunteers in the city. We have hosts of every single shape and size and, um, you know, set up out there um, from gardeners, homesteaders, farmers, both urban, suburban, and rural. So uh, it really- So are you seeing a bigger they... interest with the quarantine? And then I also want to ask you like, how does that look with the quarantine? Like, is there something like, if somebody's gonna come stay at your place, they kind of have to like stay somewhere for two weeks before they can, or how does that work or like can people travel or is it like gonna we don't know what's gonna happen I mean they're talking about opening up Montana in two weeks anyway so but I yeah don't know. So, well, they shut people down here because mm -hmm. so many people like in Whitefish where I am near Glacier Park where I teach they were getting so many requests for people to come stay at the Airbnbs and stuff because they were like go right out the pandemic in beautiful Montana and the governor was like nope 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we are definitely encouraging people to follow all of their local uh, shelter in place and non-essential travel restrictions. Um, We really do want to stop the spread and keep everyone safe. Um, At the same time, a lot of our hosts are running essential food businesses and um, for excellent point, a, a lot of them, you know, there were woofers already on their farm when these shelter-in-place orders came down. So it's it's a little hard for us to tell. Um, you know, travel is definitely down. At the same time, there are hosts in our program that need the help and have the ability to safely host woofers um, so that they can self-quarantine for a couple of weeks um, while they determine if there's any risk of infection and then they can continue, um, you know, providing food for their community. So it's a little bit of both. We're definitely seeing a really high interest in learning how to garden and farm right now, you know, through our social media and visits to our website. So woofing is definitely um, becoming a really attractive option for a lot of people, especially as they, you know, want to be in a more, open area and gain some of these essential skills. But with travel being restricted, um, it may not be a great opportunity for all people to just hop in their cars right now. So it's a little bit of both. Um, We are encouraging everyone to shelter um, if they can and if they're in a safe place. But if a host is able to host woofers during this time, it is their option. Um, you know, we're not trying to tell people how to run their farms or anything like that. We're just the platform that helps people make these connections. So we're definitely, you know, helping people get their profiles approved, like with you. Um, and then we do have these membership forums, which to answer your earlier question are only available to registered members. So, um, listeners wouldn't be able to see full profiles or our membership forums unless they signed up with the program, but we are, um, you know, memberships are $40 for a single or $65 for a couple and families definitely can go woofing and any minors would just have to be under the account of their parent or legal guardian. Um, So people can still sign up and we are running some promotions right now. I don't know if there's one active yet where memberships will be extended by a couple months because of COVID and we know that travel is restricted. So usually our memberships last for a full year. But um, if you look out for some of our social media announcements, you might find there a promotion for a membership for a year and a half for the same price. And that's just so that, you know, as travel restrictions ease, um, hopefully you can still go woofing within the term of your membership if that's if there's not a local option for you. And isn't it even less than that to host somebody or it's like twenty five to fifty dollars or something? Because it's. Yeah, our host That's for like if you want to be yeah. a woofer, right? The yeah. To sign up to go woofing, memberships are $40 single, $65 for a joint. Um, to be a host, we do ask for a sliding scale um, uh, contribution from $20 to $50. And that's mostly to help us cover the cost of an accident insurance policy that we provide to all of our registered members which um, really benefits the host. So that accident insurance policy means that while a woofer is staying with you, any accident that could potentially happen as a result of woofing activities, they would get reimbursed for any medical expenses incurred because of that accident. So it's just an extra layer of protection that we offer our hosts. Um, We still encourage all the hosts to ask if their woofers have health or medical or traveler's insurance policies, just so that there is no there's no delay in getting them any medical attention that they might need for a health or accident or otherwise, but that if it was because of a farming accident, our policy would reimburse them. Ooh, that's good to know. Uh, okay. Well, what's next? Or do we go through my thing that's missing and what? Yeah. So the only thing that's missing, um, well, you mentioned that you weren't sure about the length of time. And so that's actually one section that um, I think you have yet to fill out is just the opportunity section where you describe what, um, how long you're looking for woofers to stay. And we encourage you to select as many of the filters as um, apply to your farm. So that could be, you know, um, a couple months long-term more flexible is what I would recommend for you. And I can select those for you if you'd like. Um, 
and that's just based off of what you've shared with me um, just now. It's also an opportunity for you to put current projects and um, your, your hourly expectations if you have a set schedule in mind. Um, clearly, again, we're all about providing more information to the woofers on the front end so that you're setting their expectations up for when they um, start to contact you and visit you. So, do you know what I like? Have a question like, do like would I expect to hear from like two people or like twenty five people or like what like do you have any kind of statistics like that? Like I saw there were like probably a dozen or two dozen at least opportunities in the state of Montana. Yeah. So that all depends on it. It can be you know random and hard to predict just based on whether there's a pandemic going on or not, but it also depends on how active you are in um, keeping your profile um, attractive and up to date. So we hear from woofers all the time that the, the reasons, the top reasons that will determine whether they message a farm are if they have photos and if they have reviews. Having those two things is super important. So while you're a new host, you don't have reviews yet. So making your profile as attractive and descriptive as possible is really one of the best things you can do to start getting inquiries from woofers. Um, the other thing we highly recommend is that you regularly log in to make updates. So every time you log in to make a photo and click save, that will update your last updated date. So that's the other thing that woofers look for. Um, they see, oh, if this host has updated their profile recently, that means they're really likely to respond to my message because I can see that they are active and logging in. So that and updating your availability um, are on the directory page. Our hosts are listed in order of status followed by their last updated date. So if for hosts that have immediate availability, status selected, which you can update anytime from your availability section, those hosts are listed first. Um, within that status, hosts that have recently updated their profile will appear at the top. So the more visible you are in the directory, the more inquiries you're going to get. So you can log in and update your profile as much as you'd like, and those hosts do tend to get a little more um, profile views, therefore inquiries. The other thing you can do is post in our forums, especially right now, you know, because of the pandemic, we're encouraging hosts and woofers that are in a position to host or go woofing to go to the forums to make those connections because it's a little easier if, um, you know, hosts are saying I'm available for these types of people right now um, that they can make those connections that way. So that's available to all of our members as well. Um, and then we can also, as an office, promote um, individual host farms as requested. So we have newsletters that go out to our membership, we have our website, we have our social media accounts, and those are all different ways that we help hosts um, promote any current projects or need for woofers. So you can request that from us at any time. And usually there's a, a small waiting list, but we try and promote you um, as, as it's um, helpful for you. So. Those are all different ways that you can increase the amount of visibility and inquiries you get if you're ever not getting the amount of inquiries you would like. Um, but you can also go and message woofers yourself. So just as there's a host directory page, there's also a woofer directory page, and you can also search for woofers in your town, in your country, I'm sorry, in your, in your county, in your state, and or by keyword, like if you have a certain project going on, like straw bale building, and you want to find woofers with that experience, or who are interested in learning that specifically, you can search for them by, by interest, by state, or where they're hoping to go woofing. So those are all different ways that hosts will make connections with woofers, or you can sit back and wait for them to contact you and the, the flood may not be as great. Um, so it's, it is something that you have a little control over. And there are great filters. Like there's all sorts of interesting things like cheese making and sheep herding and permaculture techniques and all sorts of different cool things. You know what I wanted to ask you, mm -hmm. uh, do people put things like 420 friendly and is that the kind of thing you would put in a questionnaire yeah. or would you put that right on your profile? And is that a connect? 
oh my gosh, am I really going to say is that going to create a negative kind of tone as to somebody who, <laughs> I'm not going to say that, but just uh, go ahead. We encourage hosts to put any relevant like rules or guidelines in their profiles. So if you, if hosts that do have a drug policy, this is specifically for hosts that do not want any substances on their farm, that is a really good thing to include in your profile. Um, you can definitely say this is a smoke and drug yeah, and that's alcohol what free farm. Exactly. If, yeah. And especially for hosts um, that don't want that around, let's say they have a young family, let's say they just don't want it on their farm or they're trying to live a substance-free lifestyle, that's a really great, important thing to put on there. Because then the woofer that, you know, is addicted to cigarettes will know not to apply to your farm because that won't be a comfortable place for them to go. So, um, and conversely, you know, we do have hosts that say, um, yeah, moderate drinking is something we all like to participate in at the end of the day, not during working hours, things like that. So you can include as much information as you'd like in that way. Um, and we do have hosts that say that they're 420 friendly, et cetera. But um, we, again, we just encourage hosts to put more information rather than less. Okay, so you're attracting the person who's going to be a great fit for you. I would think that would be a new one that's cropping up is like, you know, people who like that would be one of those features or what did you call it filters like um learning about cbd hemp growing because i feel like i hear that more mm -hmm. and more from and i actually talked to tara keaton at the uh rodale institute last fall and she was telling me that one of the biggest skills they see is people who know how to um grow hemp for cbd cloning so. Yeah, I don't know if we have a yep. filter for that yet, but you're totally right. We have more and more hosts that are growing like industrial hemp and for like CBD production. And um, so there's filters, like you said, mentioned that anyone can use on the directory page to look for farms that have that filter selected. And then they can also just search full profiles for any keyword that they want. So I just searched CBD, for example, and 23 hosts that have that mentioned in their profile popped up. So um, there's different, you can always search for a specific term. You want to go through and that them goes really for quick, Wifer what the features yeah. are? So yeah, well, what I was going to explain to you, and I realize this call is going long, so feel free to, um, you know, cut me off. I, I'm just thankful that like you're sharing this like time with me. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Not a problem. Okay, great. Well, so what I wanted to go over specifically with you, um, with all new hosts, for that matter, is just what will happen once your profile goes live on our directory. So I already talked about your status and availability, but um, when woofers do decide to message you, you'll get a message um, both through your online inbox and that same message will get pushed through to the email address that you have on file with your account. And you can reply to that woofers message either by just replying from your email or by logging in and, and responding from your messages section of your profile. And both, either way, um, the full message history will get stored and saved in your online accounts. The reason I'm pointing this out is that we have a, a specific type of message that you can get called a visit request, which is just stored in a different section. And it's a message that has specific dates attached. So hopefully you will update your availability calendar that lets woofers know the exact dates that you are available to host. And they can select from those dates, the dates that they want to come visit you. And they'll submit those to you along with the message um, when they inquire about woofing on your farm. And that, at that point is when we recommend you either set up an interview or send them a questionnaire, do something to help you get to know more about them and their motivations for woofing to determine if they're going to be a good fit. Um, but the visit request means that um, you'll you'll be prompted to either accept or decline their visit request depending on the results of your application or interview process. Um, so if you do decide to invite someone, we highly encourage you to log into your account to formally accept their visit request. And that's important because it's what's connected to our reviews process. 
Um, one, once a visit request that has been accepted, the end date comes up, that's what will initiate your leaving a review for one another. And reviews are super helpful on our website because it allows you to attract future woofers. Again, it's one of the first things woofers look for when deciding when, whether to message a farm. Um, and it also helps your woofer get future woof placements because they have a great reference. Um, so using the visit request tool, we just highly encourage because it does allow you to review one another. And the reason why I'm pointing it out on this call is um, everything you can pretty much do from your email in terms of responding to messages, including visit requests, you can message back and forth as much as you'd like. But to actually accept or decline a visit request, you do need to log in um, and go to your visits section to accept or decline. So I just like to point that out because it is um, something you do have to do. Is that something you can account. do from like a cell phone or do you have to be like on a desktop? Our, our website is mobile responsive, so you can log in um, from a smartphone or tablet. Um, it's not the best, um, we'll admit. Um, it can be a little tricky just because, um, you know, it's a very complex website um, with like, you know, full profiles with a bunch of different sections, but it's definitely. I know a lot of this reminds me of Airbnb and like, you know, the way when you first day and you know, like when you first sign up with Airbnb, it can be a little intimidating. You're like, Oh my gosh, wait, what am I doing here? I'm going to go stay with these strange people. But like now I like my very first Airbnb, I think was in Los Angeles of all places. And it was like the best experience. And like now, and then I went to the Missoula half marathon last summer and stayed in an Airbnb. Like I, I, yeah. Think it's the best. But it is scary in the beginning when you're like, well, does this person have any reviews? Exactly. And so that, you know, that's why we encourage like, especially new hosts that don't have reviews to put all that extra information and lots of photos because it will make a woofer more comfortable messaging you. Um, and then once you start to collect reviews, it's super helpful to attract future inquiries. So it's sometimes just getting that first visit and, you know, Communicating well is another great way to just make woofers at ease and yourself um, because you're, you're the one inviting a total stranger to your home and life. So um, getting to know them hopefully is a priority so that you can make sure you're super comfortable inviting whoever, um, you know, messages you. And, and just to clarify, um, as a host, you have full control over who you invite for how long and when, and um, that's always your decision. Um, and you are always able to ask someone to leave if it is not working out. Um, but again, um, most of those situations almost could always be avoided by having those conversations ahead of time. Are there any like questions specifically that you feel like, I just wish that everybody would ask this one question or if they would just clarify this one thing or is that kind of what we've been talking about this whole call? <laughs> yeah, it's the reason why I keep stressing the conversations is because that is something that not all new hosts have necessarily thought about. Um, and I can, I can tell you from my experience as a woofer, it is not something that I knew to do as a woofer. So sometimes it's something that is helpful to know as a host um, to prompt those conversations. Um, for example, like I went woofing with a very clear goal to learn how to make goat cheese and I was so excited and I looked for hosts that had goats so that I could learn to milk them and make cheese. And then the first farm that messaged me back, I was so excited and I accepted immediately because they had goats in their profile. But when I got to the farm, that was not something that the host needed help with. That's not something she wanted me to help with. She was very protective of her goats and did not want this brand new novice um, milking them. So instead, she assigned me to these other projects that is not what I was expecting and not what I was woofing for. And so for that reason, it was this it was a not great situation because I was not getting the experience I was expecting because I didn't even think to ask, oh, will I get to milk goats? So that's just an example of um, why those conversations are important. And it's an opportunity for you to share what's currently happening on your property and like what, um, what projects there are available for woofers to learn in. And what you'll notice is that a lot of woofers are just really excited to try anything and contribute 
to whatever is needed. And that's why a lot of people sign up for this program. They just want to have all the experiences. And what we encourage Woofers to do is be super open-minded and flexible and just be willing to learn and take instruction. Um, so that you'll find is the case for almost everyone who signs up the program, but there could be woofers that are in it for a very specific reason and you'll just want to, you know, check in and ask about that and make sure it's something that you can deliver or that, um, you know, maybe it's not the best fit and that's a great way to figure it out. You know, ahead of time. I, as somebody, as a teacher and somebody who's worked with volunteers for a long time, and I also did an internship at the... International Women's League for Peace and Freedom at the UN. And like, so it was one of the big experiences where I was treated as an intern and a volunteer. And I always look as volunteers as like, one, you want to match skill set to job. Like when I worked at Head Start, you don't want to ask every parent doesn't want to mm -hmm. come in and read books to the kids. Some parents are intimidated by that. They don't, you know, it's too many kids or they don't feel confident in their reading skills or whatever, but maybe they want to cut out paper for you or they want to, you know, put the insulation up in the windows in the winter or there's like so many jobs. So working with volunteers, you want to find, I also think you need to over appreciate them. If they are giving more time, I feel like you should almost look at it as two hours for every hour. If they're, you know, giving it, that's the way I see it. And I have been in experiences where I felt like mm -hmm. it was like the opposite. Like they looked at it as, well, you're volunteering your free time. So I can just kind of like waste it or spend it any way I want. And I'm going to give you tasks that aren't as valuable. And like you're saying with the, um, the goat thing where you specifically wanted to learn how to take care of goats, that it's important. Yeah. That you don't want to have that kind of miscommunication or the expectation be completely different than what you want. And I think um, I've always had a lot of success working with volunteers because I try to over appreciate them and, um, and make them feel like it's their specific skill that helped make the team's like this was not going to get done without you. Like you're contributing to the whole success of the organization. And I think um, that that helps a lot if you make your people feel appreciated. And um, I don't know where I was going with that anyway. <laughs> no, I agree. And I think that that's super valuable experience to have while hosting Woofers. Because I've heard of a lot of hosts that do that where, you know, there's a lot to do on a farm and so many different ways to contribute. And there are so many different interests and skill sets. Like you said, there's going to be woofers with all different types of experiences and backgrounds. So having those conversations about like, what do you want to get out of this experience? And then helping them tailor that to benefit both of you um, is a really great way to approach hosting. Um, and also, I think what you said about you know, um, this could be for woofers that do want to try new things. It could take a little bit more investment on the host part, at least in the beginning, to make sure that they understand and are doing things safely in the right way. And it can sometimes take more time from a host than, say, if they were to do it themselves. But um, at the end of the day, like you're still going to be learning from each other. And especially because you are interested in more longer term visits there's going to be an upfront intensive training period. Um, but, you know, as woofers learn and become more confident in their skills, that's when they can really start becoming, um, contributing to your farm. You know, they're going to be there for several weeks or longer. And once they're trained and um, understand the rhythm and flow of your farm, then they really can start to contribute. And hosting um, does, again, become this super mutually beneficial experience, both you and the woofer. So, it's understanding both of that, that it will take some time and investment on the host part, but it also um, is helpful to have flexibility um, to, you know, help assign woofers to things that, you know, meet their interests or skill sets um, so that it benefits everybody. Awesome. So anything else? Um, yeah. So that's, that's almost everything I wanted to go through with you. Um, so I can follow up with you over email if you'd like about the specific things that um, just need to be completed on your profile before it can be published. From what I can see, it's mainly your cover photo and that one section about um, a woofer's stay, so length of stay and current projects and hourly expectations. So that I can point those out to you over email if that would be helpful. 
Um, and I, again, I, I do recommend adding a few more photos just of the farm, of you, of neighboring sites, um, maybe adding some ideas for activities woofers can do um, on their spare time um, or spare time on their non-woofing hours, like if there's local attractions or hikes or outdoor activities for them to engage in. Um, that's helpful for them to get a full, well-rounded picture of their time with you. Awesome. And I've been taking pictures and also, I mean, I have thousands of pictures and just, um, and I was also going to like post the link to like our Instagram feed because like, it's funny, Mike asked me once, like he's like, oh, so-and-so's parents want to look at the, want to see our place. Do I send them to our website? And I was like, you know, our website doesn't actually have very many pictures of our place and the place that has the most pictures of our place where you want to see what it's like is our instagram feed which is funny to me but um yeah but i was definitely yeah. i have been and like i actually kind of would like to go through and look at like what other people have going um maybe before i even post my thing and make sure i have it right it's all been kind of very hurried and just um i was like oh check this out and like looking into it and then here we are talking so i before i even like yeah i but i will definitely <laughs> put more pictures up and things like that and fill in the opportunity and make an application i've already been kind of thinking about what the application would look like and stuff like that so thank you so much for sharing yeah. like a ton of golden seeds. Like I know my listeners are going to love this and I will send you the link in the transcript and whatever, as much as I can get done um, the show notes so you can check it out and, uh, and we'll probably be in touch via email. That'd be great. Yes. And I'll also just point out too, that we're go the reason why I wanted to go through this approval process is that once you're approved, it's completely up to you whether your profile is visible in the directory or not. So you can make that selection from your availability section at any time. Like if you're not ready for it to go live, you don't have to have it be in the directory. But the approval will, will let you view other host profiles. It will let you have access to the forums and um, start conversations with Woofers. So that's why we just like to get you approved because it will unlock all of those membership benefits. Um, that you won't have while you're still in the pending oh, status. Okay. I'm so glad you said that. Um, if you just want to, I'll send you a follow-up email. Yeah. And I'll send you a follow-up email, but yeah, once we get you approved, which I can do once all those required fields are completed, then you have full control over your visibility, as, but you'll also have full access to the, the whole website. So um, you can highly recommend checking out um, other host listings just so you can see how other hosts have done it. And I'll also be sending you um, your local host contact, which is just another Wolf host who's been a member for several years who's volunteered to be a resource for new hosts and to answer any questions that you might have specifically about the hosting experience. So I'll send you their profile as well. And you can contact any member, hosts and Woofers alike, through their profile, just in the ways that I've um, explained to you. So that's always available. And um, we totally encourage hosts um, connecting and talking to one another. And when uh, we're not in quarantine, you know, visiting each other's farms is something that's super helpful and also really fun for woofers to do um, once you start hosting. So um, all of that will be unlocked once your profile's approved. Oh my gosh, bless your heart for sharing all of this with us and doing what you do. And, you know, I'm going to ask, are you a rock star millennial born between 1980 and 1995? I did not know that that's what you were going to ask, but I, I believe I'm a classic millennial age. Yes. Awesome. I'm writing a book called Rockstar Millennials about the people I interview on my show because I think the millennials are some of the best generation people out there and they are doing things like woofing it and learning how to make goat milk. And I think you guys have well, I did graduate college during the first recession or the 2008 recession. So that was when I got into farming. And as what I, you know, we do tend to see, it was also the era of, you know, Michael Pollan and Omnivore's Dilemma. So it definitely inspired a lot of us to, you know, get onto farms and go woofing. And that's, that's the, I went woofing in 2009. So that's how I got introduced to the whole worldwide opportunities on organic farms and where are you located like do you get to work online or is there like an actual woofing usa office somewhere in a city 
There was an actual FUSA office in San Francisco, um, which we had for several years. We did just give it up um, the beginning of last year, mostly because our team was growing and we had remote workers and it just made more sense to be a fully remote organization because we now have a staff member in Minnesota as well as um, a few here in the Bay Area. Um, and one of our team is in the central coast of California. So. We are all remote now, but it used to be a San Francisco-based organization. Awesome. And I'm well, still in the Bay Area. Stay safe out there, and uh, I will let you know as soon as this is ready to go. Thank you so much, and I will get my profile finished up and, okay. and look forward to your email. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you so much, Jackie. I look forward to having you in the program. Cool. Me too. All right. Bye. Have a wonderful weekend. Okay. Bye. Hey everyone, so it is Monday, May 11, 2020, and I am here behind the mic to tell you that we are officially launching the Organic Oasis Masterclass 2.0 starting June 1st, 2020. So it's a six-week course um, where we are going to walk you through the Organic Oasis guidebook, but there is so much more than that, yes. Can you go, go buy the guidebook on your own? Sure. But having me and Mike and Patty Armister at your side to make sure that you complete all the lessons in the book to add in so much more information that's going um, to help you um, be successful in your garden. We're going to make sure that your organic oasis is completed, that you know all the parts and pieces. And it just seems like this year I've had more, um, just like little experiences going like where I feel like I am explaining somebody a chapter in the book or a part from the book or something that's in the course that's going to really help you put your whole organic oasis together. Like people keep just seem to keep asking me questions. I'm like, Oh yeah, well I wrote about that in the book. Oh, why do we have sunflowers? Why do we want to plant sunflowers on April 22nd? Or why do we want to put them? They get rid of aphids, did you say? Um, you know, do they bring in pollinators? Do they help, you know, why are you doing this and why are you doing that? And I just feel like, like, especially when I was at Free the Seeds, I felt like I was answering questions. And then you're not only getting my incredible knowledge, but we teamed up with Patty Armbruster. So you're getting live um when you join, you get membership in the Patty Armister fan club. And part of the fan club is getting to do a monthly question and answer in live time with Patty Armister. So if you're struggling with, um, you know, finding the right mulch or you find that your leaves are turning a funny color or you can't get your raspberries to grow or your, you know, tomato blossoms had beautiful, your tomatoes have beautiful flowers, but then you're not getting any fruit or, you know, your eggplants, you know, are bushy, like whatever your questions are, or like, you know, what companion plant should I put here? Or this is my struggle there. Like you'll get help in the Facebook group, but also you'll have that question and answer. And Patty and I are actually going to do a live webinar before January 1st, going through all of the questions that I've gotten since I started the Facebook group. Cause when you join the Facebook group, there's three questions there. Like, you know, have you been to our website and like, what challenge are you facing? And so I typed up a list. Like I always try to take a screenshot of that. So I know what questions and try to make sure I usually I write back to the person if I can with like a detailed answer. Like I remember somebody asked me about fire ants and doing a bunch of research on fire ants. And like, somebody's asked me about a coffee plant. Somebody asked me about one the bananas harvest. And there's just like tons of questions you know, um, that people have asked the biggest question repeatedly is what do I do about pests and disease and how do I keep my plants healthy, which we all know on my show, the key is healthy soil. But anyway, so Patty's agreed to answer your question. So you get that bonus of being part of the Patty Armster fan club, you get a hard copy as long as you're in the United States of the organic Oasis guidebook, a copy of the journal. You also get a bonus of the, um, data keeper because I just feel like the data keeper, I don't know. People say things like, oh, I don't really want to journal all that much. Now, just because it has a space for every day, 
I would only do it once a week or maybe once every two weeks and be like, you know, this is the food that I bought this week. These are the meals that I cooked. Like, you don't have to like every day go in there and say, this is what we cooked today. Like, I'm sure on Friday, you're still going to remember what you made for dinner on Monday or Tuesday. Or maybe you're the opposite for me and you're like, well, I already know what I'm eating for the next seven days. And you can just write it in there. Like, you don't have to write in it every day. The point is to just kind of like make you conscious of like, what am I eating in November? Because when you're standing at the seed store in May, you're not thinking about what did I cook in November and what did I cook in August? You're just thinking about what did I, you know, what looks good? Oh, this looks so fun. But so many years, like this year, we are planning a lot of broccoli again. Like I feel like broccoli is my number one food. Like when you ask me what's my number one food, it's even above pizza. If I was stuck on a desert island, I would try to bring broccoli pizza, pizza with broccoli on it if I could. But if I couldn't, I'd be torn between the two. I would never want to have to eat either one of those for more than like a couple of days in a row. But broccoli is like my superfood. And it is, Mike grows it. And when he grows it, it's so just incredible. We had a big squirrel problem, but this year we're putting it closer to the house. We're putting it like where we can put row cover over it. So hopefully we'll be able to protect it because if you've never heard my squirrel story, it was so sad. We don't know if that was because it was a drought year or if it was because he just planted so much. But anyway, we're supposed to be talking about what are you growing? You know, I have the um, new vegetable gardener challenge because like there is a huge difference between being a vegetable gardener and being just like growing a garden, just like having a really nice organic um, landscape. And so we're going to help you with that too. And we're going to talk about, you know, what's the difference between an organic oasis and, um, and a garden and to me, or like a farm, I guess like Mike's mini farm. Yeah. It's organic and yeah, it grows a lot of food, but it's not like a place I really want to hang out. There's nowhere to sit. I'm often like, where should I even be walking? Um, you know, there's no designated pass. Like what was I just reading the other day? Oh, it was in the little gardener book that I just love so much. And remember that contest is ending, I think May 15th. But anyway, in the little gardener, she talks about it, it should be inviting. To me, an oasis should be inviting. It's a place you want to hang out. It's a place you want to spend all your time. And so, um, what was I talking about? Being inviting. But anyway, there's just so many things that I think you will learn in the Organic Oasis Masterclass. And as we'll be going through it. So even though the class is six weeks, because it's designed to walk you through the 12 lessons in the Organic Oasis guidebook. And then there's like all the additional lessons. Like there's certain podcasts to listen to. Like the great thing about going through the course together, like for each section of the book, I think there's like 12 podcasts that talk about those topics. There's like additional reading in like JM Fortier's Market Farmer or... Um, I can't, uh, the Jev Jacob Jevons book, how to grow more food and vegetables. Like there's additional reading, there's additional materials. Like I could only make this book 145 pages. And even that was hard. Like these books, like when I buy one, they cost me $20. So I know it's 26. I have to buy an organic oasis guy, the most valuable information in there. Like this morning I was going through a little video for Instagram about the difference between perennials and annuals, which there's a lot of information in here because like, I'm the kind of person I'd be like, here, Mike, I brought home strawberry plants and some marigolds and some, um, broccolis. Don't we want to plant them all in the same bed, but you don't want to put your strawberries in the same bed with your brassicas or your broccolis and cauliflowers because those are annuals and strawberries are perennials and they're going to come back and they're going to grow and they're going to expand. And you don't want to, have them in a bed where you're going to dig out all the broccolis. Like perennials stay permanently and they're definitely your best bet. Anyway, if you want to join the Organic Oasis Masterclass, you can use, um, I haven't figured out a way to put codes in. So there's like, you can get a discount. You can get them for $75 um, if you click on the link in this um, show note. And somewhere I think on my website, there's like the podcast special. I don't know if you can't find it, just email me at organic gardener podcast. Um, actually that email got filled up. So you have to use org podcast at gmail.com or Mike's green garden at gmail.com org podcast at gmail.com. If you have any kind of a problem, but, um, it is open June 1st, we are going to start. And so if you want to get your hard copy of the Organic Oasis guidebook, which I guarantee you is a great book if you're starting out building your own Organic Oasis, um, I just believe in it more. And then you get the great Patty Armister fan club membership and just everything you need to get started on your 
Organic Oasis today. Do you know someone who would benefit from the Organic Gardener podcast? If you like what you hear, we'd love it if you'd share the Organic Gardener podcast with a friend. Thanks again for listening and remember, grow local.